Sooner or later, I'm going to just stop keeping track of how many, but... Uh, we'll just have to put the date. Yeah, you know, I'm like, we'll, I don't we'll know. We'll just forget it. Uh, I but... already titled my track wrong on my <laughs> studio one. I put number four. <laughs> well, no, we're at yeah. five. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jared Tabor and... Tommy Perkins. hey So we, uh, we've been doing this for a little while now. Um, I think we've been trying to do every two weeks or so, um, give or take. And then um, last the last episode we had uh, old JT Brown, who um, was in a band called Unified Front, and then we he's been doing the lead stuff on our um, just newer stuff and well the remake of the Waiting on Love. But um, this one probably be short because we just have a few things we wanted to talk about. Um, and then um, I think man, pretty soon we should uh, do the whole episode of your life story if you're up for it. Man, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to condense that and uh, and make it, uh, I guess, appropriate. Yeah, or something. Yeah. I feel you. I mean, well, yeah. we can wait a couple more episodes, but yeah, be thinking we'll, we'll about get it. it out. Yeah. All right. Um. So, a couple of things we. So Tommy and I, when we get ideas uh, to talk about, we're always texting or whatever. And um, one of them was uh, how um, you text me about churches not paying some of your musicians. And uh, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, we should talk about that. And then th- Definitely. then that led me into thinking about um, performance worship bands, specifically one that opened for us many years ago. And so, oh, gosh. <laughs> and then um, uh, wanted to talk a little about, you know, Summer Fade, the original EP, Summer Fade, the five songs, talk about the song meetings. We already talked about Not Beautiful, but we'll, we'll do a recap of it. Just, just a, a, a brief overview of what those songs are about. And then I'm going to throw a, a fastball at you. You can be thinking about it. Is your top five musical influences? Mm, okay. I was just I should, overall. Yeah, overall. overall. It doesn't have to be like okay. you know, just whatever. Because mine have switched. Mine changed. I mean, I, I'll yeah. talk about it later. Because I grew up a huge Lady Peace fan, but I think the mm. later Lady Peace stuff is not very good. Um, and so no. I switched. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so we could talk about that at the end. But. Uh, the whole church church is not paying their musicians um, or some of their bands. Not all churches pay, period, other than like the, the worship pastor or leader um, because that ends up being his job. And so rarely do you see a church paying its other members. But when churches are paying more than just the worship leader or worship pastor yes. and they're paying one or two individuals but not the rest of the people – that's where things get a little tricky and a little not that i've been involved in that at any churches i've been in yeah or anything okay i have (laughs) yeah i was gonna say that's where that yeah Yeah, that's where it came from so so yeah when 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 i texted you that original thing um that's kind of what i was going at was you know uh you know like your kind of smaller churches and and a lot of mid-sized churches you know it's pretty normal to not pay your band yeah. uh, and everything. But, but when, it, when I'm talking about, I'm talking about like the churches that they pay everybody except the band. 
you mm, know, mm-hmm. or, or some members of the band, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. It, it's, uh, that's kind of where I was coming from, you know, that, that standpoint of it. Yeah. I know like, um, some of the mega churches, especially, you know, we, we live here in Oklahoma, so people can kind of figure out what we're talking about. Um, yeah. that, that specific mega church pays, I don't know what it is now. I'm assuming it's more because of just, this was 15 years ago when I knew about it was, um, excuse me. Uh, I think they were paying each band member like 1500 bucks a month, like just to play like as a band member, like just to, and I don't know what the worship leaders are making at the, at those churches. And I think it yeah. depends on your, your campus's budget or whatever for, you can kind of pay probably. some of your guys probably get a little, you pay them a little more as they're, if they're better than, I don't know. Um, yeah. but I know that, um, some people that I used to play music with, they were that they were getting paid to play there, and so that's how I know about that. Um, yeah. But didn't you get recruited or something? You got I an did. email? Or... Yeah, I had them reach out to me, and I I think it was like something like seventy five a service or something. But that's on a not like a permanent basis. It's yeah. just like if they need me here. I'd play there if they need me. You know, yeah. another one. Um, I didn't do it though because I didn't want to do it just for the money. You know, but but yeah, so. I didn't even know that was a thing, a worship recruiter. You yeah, know, I didn't like either. When you told me that, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it kind of makes sense, I guess, if you're a, a large church like they are. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I guess it kind of makes sense for that. But, Which is uh, weird that I feel like that's the worship leader's job. I mean, it's kind of like. it's It could be. That's yeah, part, I mean, of, it that's be. part of my job. I have to find people within yeah. the church that can play. It's like. Exactly. Yeah. You just have a guy on staff that just recruits for you. Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what do they do? What are these? What do worship leaders at these mega churches actually do? I don't know, because I feel like they've got their own music director. They've got probably a guy that's That's doing all the tracks and getting all that set up. I know that a lot of times at that specific church, uh, the lead guitar players don't play live; they fake it because they've got the one guy on track that tracks it during the week, which. I don't don't even get me started. Yeah. <laughs> we can't even get started on that really, especially you since yeah. that's what you do oh, now. I was but, like, but yeah, we just we just can't get started. No. There. Um but yeah, I remember like thinking I was like, man, even back when it was like fifteen hundred bucks, that's like a part time job. I was like, That's I don't know, that's a little weird. That's uh, some people's full time job. Yeah. I and mean s- for real, you know. And I, so that's a lot. I was getting like I started getting paid, um, when I first started, so when, when Radio Angel was done and I had done the New York summer stuff and it was kind of, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life anymore. I was still just kind of hanging on to trying to do the New York, New York summer stuff. And the, the bass player that we had at the time, um, his name was Justin and, uh, he had been playing like acoustic guitar at, um, a church in Midwest city and he couldn't make it on one of the Sundays. And he asked if I would fill in and I was he was like, it's like 75 bucks for the service. I was like, eh, you know, I could use some pocket money, I guess. Um, yeah. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. And that's kind of actually where I really felt like God was like, hey, this is where you, this is where I wanted you for a little bit. And so granted, I was, I, I took it for the 75 bucks. Um, but then I ended up was like, I just emailed um, the worship leader of the, of the whole, because we were, it was a, they called it a specific name. And then it was for, um, like the young adults. It was more like rock oriented worship. It was, and the, the video 
was the was the pastor was on video, but it was like on the same campus. It was like in their like youth room or whatever. Um, yeah. and it was a lot of younger adults and stuff. It was fun. Um, but, um, I ended up just reaching out and just say, Hey, if you need anybody else, just let me know, you know, I'm here, I'm in, I live here. So, um, I'm not, I don't play anywhere on Sundays. And usually at, at that point in my life, I actually wasn't even going to church anymore for a little while. Um, and so I was just like, yeah, I'll, you know, if you need anything, let me know and I can fill in or whatever. And that kind of went from just playing acoustic to like electric to then like leading songs <laughs> so it kind of progressed but i was i was yeah. getting paid like a 100 bucks a service and it wasn't like i was like i didn't ask for it they were just like we're gonna pay you 100 bucks i was like i'm not gonna say no okay i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yeah. turn money down but it's especially uh, not when you're in that situation like yeah. we're talking about how you don't get it a lot you mm-hmm. know so sure yeah and i mean that was when the band was over i was i was working a a, a full-time job at a rug store and um it was wild I, what was weird though is like such a random job i know it was it was it was wild if if i'm a rug guy yeah i worked at a rug store and uh that was it i would deliver rugs and uh i got paid stupid amount of money to deliver rugs wow. so this was what what year was that uh god it had to be 2008 2009 something around in there i was getting i was like 15 bucks an hour like that's pretty good back then well yeah um and i was especially back then yeah and then because I, yeah. I when i got back to oklahoma a couple years ago i worked at ideal homes and i was making about 15 bucks an hour and i was like this is crappy <laughs> like I just, yeah. Um, yeah but you know had to do what i had to get to do considering the the balances of the two jobs yeah yeah especially delivering I was, rugs and, and then doing what i had to do at ideal homes yeah. was a lot more work um but i i was like you know, 15 bucks an hour and, but it was good. Cause I, I was just living with my dad at the time. And, um, so I was like, didn't really have any responsibilities. Um, yeah. but just going to that church and starting to play is what kind of progressed into what I'm doing now. And that kind of has started cause a good friend of ours, you remember Joe Ferreira? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, he had just been like, you know, you ever thought about being a full-time worship leader? And I was like, eh, not really. And I kind of just <laughs> him asking me that kind of, I was like processing it. It made you think about it. Yeah. yeah, And so then I actually reached out to Tony Brown, who Mm -hmm. um, was a concert promoter at the time um, down in Texas. We had done one of those shows we had talked about a couple episodes ago, the um, Benjamin Gate, all together separate, uh, the place called the underground. He was the promoter for that, for that venue. Um, And so I had a cool place. Yeah. I I loved that place. Yeah. Uh, But I had kept in touch with him because the last, the very, very last Rayle Angel show ever was at a venue that he was um, prom- like at the promoter for there too, but it was also it doubled as a church on Sunday, so it was called Theater One Sixty Six, and a cool, cool place, man. Very arts driven, like very creative. It was like a church that was like creative. It was like um, the pastor was super awesome. So I ended up reaching out to Tony Brown and just said, hey, "Do you know any churches that are looking for a worship leader?" And just kind of started from there. And so he had introduced me to his pastor at the time, David. And, um, and it was at that theater 166. So I just kind of started, I commuted down to like Carrollton, Texas. Um, Mm -hmm. I would leave basically when I got off work on Fridays or wait until Saturday morning and head down and I would stay with random, you know, people from the church or whatever, or sometimes at David's. And, um, it was kind of the first, uh, glimpse I've got of like actual discipleship from a pastor. Um, we met every Saturday, he and I, and, um, had a good meal. Um, 
I wasn't really into wine at the time. I wish I would have been because they were like wine gurus. Uh, I don't like it. I I, 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 I like sweet that. wines now, like ones that taste <laughs> yeah. more like grape juice. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Um, but at the time, I I wasn't really drinking. I would smoke a cigar here and there with them and stuff. But it was really cool. It was very in depth, just spiritual conversations, and just it was really it was a really cool time. But I was just basically an interim. Um, I know that they really wanted me, but they, they can only offer part-time. And I was like, I can't move to Carrollton, Texas to, for a part-time gig. And um, so I just kind of uh, put my resume out and then ended up getting that church in Virginia. But it was all because I decided to say yes to Justin's question of, can you fill on for me on a Sunday morning? Uh, yeah. it's, it's weird how God just kind of takes that away. But all the churches that yeah. I've been a part of, with the exception of Virginia. So the church in Virginia, I inherited the situation and we were paying one guy on the team and he was the guitar player. Um, but it wasn't very much. And it was like, basically I think they had worked it out because they were just trying to help him out financially. Um, but he was the only one that was really getting paid for anything. Um, but past that I was like, it was all volunteer based. So I was like, when you hear about these mega churches that are paying God amounts of money, you got to wonder, are they Christian or are they just, good musicians and you're getting paid to play yeah. because you're, you know, a, a good, you know, guitar player or a drummer or a bass player or whatever. Well, that's, that's the other side of it too, is, you know, uh, a lot of people think at these big churches, um, we're just giving away everybody's secrets today. Hey, it's fine. That's at, what we do. You, you know, Hey, at, at these big churches, they think, Oh, you know, that, that drummer is a, a, a Christian and that bass player is, a, you know, that may be the case, but they they also just hire guys mm-hmm. to play, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, you need, a, for those kind of churches, you know, you need a solid performance. You need, a, you know, guys that you can just call and, you know, even with very short notice and know they're going to play awesome, you know. Yep, play and to a click. Thing, play the yeah, tracks. play to a click, yeah. Um, Preferably could probably, if it's last minute, could just on the drive there listen to the three or four songs and go, yep, got it, and then yep. show up. And, done you that know, before yeah. <laughs> yeah um so it, yeah. you know uh, i hear there's a podcast i listen to um it's called the undaunted what is it undaunted life a man's podcast it's a guy for kyle thompson he's actually in, out of edmund um he talks about oh. it all the time he you know he's surrounded by that mega church um mm-hmm. and he's like most of those guys aren't christian like they're just mm-hmm. phenomenal musicians that are getting paid to to play and so that for me as a as a worship pastor who has gone from a band of performance going back down to what I'm doing now it it really bothers me to hear about that because ultimately like it changes the anointing of what's going on on a Sunday yeah. if you have yeah, somebody yeah. that's on stage on the on a platform that's mm-hmm. not a believer and you're trying to do things that believers do yeah you know it's like that can hinder some things here and so yeah, I just, could see that for sure. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. It kind of bothers me, but I'm like, you know, not my church. <laughs> so, yeah. And those churches are good for people to be at them for like a year, year and a half. And then they're like, yeah, I need some meat. <laughs> like yeah. I need to go to another church. <laughs> and so yeah. I call, I call those mega churches. Um, the church that I'm at is uh, like Justin, the my pastor, he is a um, line by line, chapter by chapter. Um, I can't blanking on the term right now. Um, by the book. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, there's uh, a term I mean, for going literally oh, okay. preaching line by line, chapter by chapter. Oh, okay. Um, oh, man, I am blanking on the word and I'll think about it later. I don't have to say it, but, and there's meat. So like you're getting 
good Bible teaching. And then you go to a church like those mega churches and it's like this motivational speech, make you feel good. I want to, yeah, but by the time you get to the parking lot, it's kind of worn off already. And you're like, I, yeah. I didn't re- I'm hungry. I didn't eat. Wait, you know, I got spe- some, I got some Skittles. That's what I ate. Yeah, and instead exactly, of a steak, yeah. you know, Sp- speaking of, you know, pastor Justin, you know, I, I, I go to your, your church, you know, as often as I can, you know, uh, when I, when I can come out there and I learn something almost every time I go there pretty much, you know, yeah. because, because he's just, he, he teaches out of the Bible and he also uh, tells you things that you wouldn't know from the Bible, but you have to dig deeper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Know? Like, and, and uh, yeah, you just don't get that everywhere. You know? it's, it's very rare these days. I'm, I have to look it up because I'm, I'm dying on that it's, word. It's going to bother you till you do. Expository. That's what it, I was like, God, oh. I couldn't think of it. Yeah. Expository preaching. It's literally line by line, chapter by chapter. So when okay. we, when I first started there, um, October ish, like November, October ish of 2021 um he was in revelation <laughs> so it was pretty intense it's yeah. just you know chat line by line you know verse by verse chapter by chapter and i was like man i'm just it's wild and then i remember i think we went into romans and just the greeting that he read from the beginning of chapter of the chapter of romans i was like i'm I've never, you know, I've like, I've never even, you know, I'm like, I'm getting so much meat out of the greeting that Paul is saying yeah. here in Romans. So it's just really funny to me. So I, I call it, you know, having a steak versus having some Skittles candy. You yeah. Know, eventually yeah. you get, you get hungry and you want to go get somewhere tired else. of candy. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those churches have their place. They get people in that well, for norm- sure. normally wouldn't ever come to church or whatever, but at some point. There, there's there's no depth, and so what are you really doing there? Um, I could talk for hours on this subject, so I'm going to roll. I'm going to move on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just – I remember starting to figure out, like, man, these churches have too much money if they're paying their musicians that much or whatever. Um, but like you said, it's you got to have those guys because it's a – it's a tight ship, you know, it's three songs and a sermon, and it's – And it's more of a production in, in it that really is. kind of situation, yeah. you know uh, – I, you can hear like if you Google or if you pay attention on social media and you see some of those guys will will like record themselves playing, especially drummers, mm-hmm. and it's like a shot. But you're hearing their inner mix. You hear yeah. you hear a director, like all right, we're at ten ten seconds. The video, you know, you got you got got to get rolling or whatever. And then it's like all right, band, get ready, five seconds. And then you're like, what? Is, yeah. It's because everything's timed. And I was like, well, yeah. how are you letting the spirit flow in that fifteen to well, eighteen minute block? That that's the other thing, and then I've played at a, a big church here, which is a different one than the one we're talking about, and where they had a full time worship leader, uh, but they had a also an MD, mm. you know, musical director, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it would be me, sometimes it would be one or two other guys, but it like I remember thinking, don't don't these other guys are getting paid to do this, you know? So, yeah. Why, you know, and, and I, I guess the ultimate, uh, the ultimate goal is to take uh, pressure off the worship leader, maybe, you know, so that they don't have to worry about, okay, we're uh, four measures into the, uh, you know, second verse, yeah. you know, and maybe, maybe that's it. Uh, but yeah, anyway. And... Yeah, it's weird. Cause like you've been to my church a couple of times. I just used the, you know, I use loop community. And so yeah. the tracks in there, it's got its own cues. 
and I can, yeah, I can super easy. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't need a music director cause that thing's mm-hmm. doing it for me and it, yep. I don't have to pay that much for it. Um, yep. and, but it's also, so people would be like, well, you played a track, so you're very limited. But the thing is with that MIDI controller that I have, it's like, Oh, I want to repeat that chorus. So I'll hit that, yep. the button repeat. It waits to the end of that, that section. And it gives you the four count going back into the chorus. So Yep. There's so much flexibility in that. And then and then I always run a pad in between each stuff um, so mm-hmm. there's no dead space. It also gives me opportunity to read scripture or whatever, whatever, or pray or kind of intro the song or whatever. So I do plan certain things, but there's on a lot of times on the fly where it's like, I'm like, okay, maybe I should talk about something right here or God's putting something on my heart. So there's flexibility there. But when you have an 18-minute window and you because you've got to have a video feed up, like, there's no room for anything really no flexibility no spirit moving (laughs) yeah so it's kind of wild so that kind of leads us into performance worship bands and so many a year ago um we played a show in our hometown a long time ago yeah in our hometown of noble oklahoma um where we started at the first baptist church there i don't even remember that worship band like, I don't remember. It yeah. was like a guy. It yeah. was just like, it was like, his name. A, yeah, his name. And yeah. then, but he was a, he was a worship leader. So it was all worship stuff. It was the wildest thing. Like next thing we know that dude's left the the stage singing, open the eyes of my heart and holding a girl's hand, like singing it to her. What, like it's a love song. Yeah. I was like, like what is happening yeah. right now? Like he's Nick Carter or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's, what's going on? And that was like, even before I had even like leading worship wasn't even on my radar or any of our radars. Like we had no. started the band and even I knew I was like, I don't think that's okay. No. <laughs> like this is weird. Yeah. It was real weird. Uh, yeah. It's weird. So it, it kind of, it, it kind of gets me like thinking about, you ever thought how weird it is? You kind of said it, you said it maybe the first episode or second episode where Christianity is the only one that commercializes our religion. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember Eddie having a real big issue with that too. And then I, as I'm getting older and I'm like, I kind of have an issue with that. We're like selling our, our faith. Yeah. And so I was like, I forget somebody was like, you going to go to the, there was, there was a worship band, worship band, um, at the Paycom center the last couple of days and Mm -hmm. tickets were not cheap. And I was like, hold on a second. Why am I paying money to go watch to go watch you worship? Like, yeah, I don't understand that at all. But yeah, I it would be different if it's just, hey, we're going to put on a show. Yeah. Pay to come see us. Yeah. But why am I paying us, you know, 50 bucks a ticket, even 25 bucks a ticket to (laughs) to join in for you to have church if that's what you're trying to say it, it's one of those things like at, at first glance people probably don't think much about it you know mm-hmm. they think mm-hmm. oh they're they're a band they you know they tour or what and you know we're we'd be the first ones to tell you that a touring band should get paid you know yes. since you know and since we've been down that road but you know when you're like the more you just think about it you know you're like you're you're paying for a worship service you know mm-hmm. and and it's it's almost like you're paying to worship God, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I, yeah, it's a weird thing. Cause uh, honestly, I'll be honest with you. Courtney and I are going to go see um, Kim Walker Smith and um, John. Bavier. I knew you were. I'm just kidding. <laughs> John, uh, I barely John, know who that is. Yeah, and John, <laughs> and John Bevere, who is a pastor of a church, but they're doing these 
these like worship nights where he wrote a book and and it's I want to go see him. I would have I if I could go to his church I would, but um I just found out he was going to be in Tulsa. I was like I got to go because I saw one of his videos. I don't follow him or anything on social media. I don't even follow I don't follow hardly any like worship leaders or anything like that either on social media. But I guess somebody in the whatever the algorithm let me see this specific video of John Bevere, one of his like a snippet of a sermon uh, twice. And I was like, okay, God, what are you? And so I ended up watching the sermon because I was like, I'm really intrigued by it. God really has me in this um, understanding the fear of God and what that means and, and the reverence and, and just the awe of his glory and, and how we're supposed to come um, uh, non, you know, we can't, we can no longer come nonchalantly before him because I was, as you study the old, only the high priest could be into the Holy Holies. They had to tie a rope around their feet and, and wear a bell in case they were struck dead and it could be pulled out. <laughs> and I was like, if you think I was like, that's serious. Like God yeah. took serious to be in his presence. And here we are coming to church on a Sunday. And what do you got for me today, God? Here's all my junk. And instead of like, this is the holy living God. So I'm, I've been on that kick and I saw a video and he was talking about that. I was like, oh man. And so he wrote a book about it. And so you pay the ticket, but it, you also get the book. So I was like, well, that's a, I'm kind of paying for the book because yeah. the tickets aren't very, very expensive at all. And yeah. so I was like, oh, okay, I'll so go to that. But for the most part, I'm not going to pay like to go see a church band. And that, I mean, that's essentially what that band was. That was at Paycom re recently. Then I watched, um, what's that Hillsong? Um, this was before all the stuff came out about them. Um, yeah. when they were recording that, um, the record with, um, they like booked the studio out in LA they're like writing this record and it kind of shows behind the scenes of them writing this record and, and kind of the musicians. And then half that worship team lives with their parents. And I was like, hold on a second. Huh? You guys are the biggest, one of the biggest churches in yeah. the world. You're writing these hit huge songs that every church in the world is using. So I know you're making money on the back end for royalties and stuff. Cause I know how much my church has to pay. <laughs> Yeah. for licensing to use yeah. those said songs on a Sunday. And so I was like, where's all this money going? And so then it was like, maybe that's why they tour because, because they need to feed themselves. But I was be. like, but be. I was like, who's making the money off these songs and, and being in this band. So yeah. it's weird, man. I Who just, knows? but I still, I just, I'm uncomfortable most of the time paying money to go see a, a worship band, um, put on a show. I was like, I'll go see a band because we're going to go down to Dallas and see Bush and Our Lady Peace next month, yeah. which might suck because I've seen them. I've seen snippets of both those bands live now, and I'm like, man, you're old, and it's yeah. I can hear it in your voices. <laughs> um, but I'm like, ah, so I don't know. It's just perf performance worship. It's weird, man. Like, I know, like, I know immediately if I'm watching something. Um, like a live service or something, I'm like, yeah, they're performing. Or, yeah, hey, they're, they're really, like, they're really worshiping at this point. It's just weird. Like, I don't, it would be weird to put on a pseudo show slash worship event, like, every night, and that's your tour. I don't know. It's well, almost like yeah. you're, you know, kind of faking some stuff here and there. But, I, I mean, I don't know their hearts, but I'm just saying how I yeah, feel. Yeah, they... And that's the hard part to, to judge, you know, but, but it, you, you even said, you know, like you're, if, if it's a show and it's, you know, every night, you know, there are nights where, you know, like, I know I, I didn't feel in it on tour. Mm -hmm. You didn't feel it. In, you know, it's, it's just the thing that, 
that uh, touring musicians go through. So that would be even harder. If yeah, because you then were... you're truly faking it at that exactly. point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember a lot of those those shows where like people were like, "Oh man, how was it?" I was like, "I felt like work." Like, yeah. And that was it the thing. Like, yeah. Like when you do in something that you truly love, which is we loved it. We loved playing music and playing live. And when you step off the stage, you're like, "Man, that felt like work." That would, yeah. that means it sucked. <laughs> It was not yeah. good. Like you didn't, you yeah. weren't feeling it. No. And so I can't imagine being in a, in a worship situation either, like man. that and trying to do that every night or, yeah. and, and you're going to have to go out there and go, well, I don't really feel like doing this, but you know, here we go. And especially on the flip side of that, if you know, your, uh, do you call them fans? If it's so, I, I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. It's I, weird. I mean, like this when your fans are area. paying, you know, 50, 60 bucks a ticket yeah. to see you every night, you know, they deserve if it's if it's truly a worship experience. They deserve a true worship experience, yeah. you know, especially if they've paid for it. Anyway, yeah, we could both go on about that forever, <laughs> you know. And yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I've I've went and seen some of this stuff. So when Courtney and I were living in Orlando, we went uh, one of the worship the Bethel Bethel worship nights because mm-hmm. um, I was doing a lot of their songs at the time, and it was good. Like I. I worshiped and I, because they're so good at what they do, I wasn't distracted. And so I, because I have a hard time as a worship leader. And even before I was a worship leader, like I'm just a musician. So I want to watch the band. I want to see what they're doing. I want to do all that. You know, I'm, I'm distracted. It's natural. Yeah. yeah. And so those are some of the only times that I could just zone out and really be and have my moment with the Lord. I'm getting better at that by not being distracted by some subpar musicians, but yeah. Yeah. So I've done it before, but as I've gotten older and and really gotten more into ministry, I'm like, it's just weird. Like that I'm paying to, to worship God. And then it's like, I don't know. It's weird. So I understand like Eddie's uh, struggle with it back then. It's like, we're essentially trying to sell our faith and sell Jesus is what he was (laughs) trying to say. And I was like, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I, did, I didn't like agree with it back then necessarily just because I didn't think about it. Yeah. Really, you know, but, but I do now, you know, and, uh, anyway. Yeah. It's weird. Like that's, I, it's, I guess it's, I totally, I, I totally get it. Yeah. So, uh, now I'm like, well, I don't want to sell any records, but I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> buy our records. That's how we, yeah. that's how we eat. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. well, we're not a worship band. No, so we're not. That's all right. Yeah, and, by any means. Yeah. And even like, that was the whole thing. Remember we got, get this boxed into well they're christian so they're a christian yeah. band i'm like we just yeah. we believers we're just making music and and then that's the other other thing we keep getting sidetracked but that's i keep fine. thinking of all these things you know like uh like uh you had mentioned i believe also in the first podcast or maybe the second one about how you know like we're one of the only um religions and it's kind of what i was saying also that that uh if you're a christian and you're a musician they automatically expect you to be a Christian museum. Mm, mm. I mean, mu- mu- musicians, yeah. excuse me, museum. <laughs> I don't know. Five bucks I mean, to go you know, see this museum. Yes. Yeah, so, so, um, so anyway, um, Norman has good museums and <laughs> no, it's just, you know, and, and, and it's like, uh, you know, well, why can't I just be a Christian and a musician, Yeah. but not a Christian musician, yeah. you know, I think... and people will look down on you for that. I think it was, uh, was it John Foreman from Switchfoot said it best. I think he was like, you know, if you're a painter, like an artist, like you paint paintings and you're a believer, 
you don't just paint the cross. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not the only thing you paint. Like you you're yeah. painting it's it's an expression of just of your of creativity. And for like for me and even back then I even thought I was like, you know, we're if we're Christians and we serve the creator, shouldn't we be some of the most creative people out there? And I was like, that's why I always struggled with like bands that were just cheese and like yeah. subpar stuff. And yeah. I struggled with churches that were okay with like having subpar. And I get it. Sometimes that's all you have. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but... but there's other ways around like, Hey, why don't you just have a singer and maybe one guitar, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. But so I was like, yeah, we should be the most creative and it, but that doesn't mean we should limit ourselves to our creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I, I mean, I just wrote struggles. I was whatever I was going through or things I was processing or, I mean, when we were really at there going at that time, I was like 20. I'm like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still processing who I am as a person. I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure all this out. And, and here we are, we have a record deal with like pressures on us that, you know, I feel bad for these like YouTube stars now, like, or TikTok oh, people gosh, that get yeah. blown up and, they're young and they've, they are, you know, thrusted into the, this, the limelight. I'm like, I can't imagine that because we weren't even on that scale. And I still struggle no. to try to figure out I'm in my twenties. Like, who am I? <laughs> like, what, what oh, are yeah. we doing? And, and I was just, a, I was 18. Yeah. You were a kid. We signed yeah. Like, yeah. I was a kid. And I mean, I mean, we all were, I guess, to an extent, you know, yeah. but it's just, you know, and then there, they have this enormous pressure on them because they've got sponsors, mm-hmm. they've got, you know, all that, you know, they got to, they got to views, you know, they got yeah, so you many keep views. up your views. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or you'll be down, Yep. you know, or they'll move on to the next 15 minute exactly, thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. I couldn't imagine, but I'm like, just as a, as a believer, I'm like, we should be the most creative. We should be putting out the best music, you know? So what I did today, I, uh, I listened to um, Audio Adrenaline. It's called, it's like their greatest hits. I think it's called From, uh, crap, what is it called? I pull it up because it was really good. Because it was basically just the singles that they had released mm-hmm. um, when they were really Audio Adrenaline. Um, or Mark left. Yeah. Which the pic- made them not Audio Adrenaline. By the way, the picture that comes up <laughs> when you pull it up on Spotify, I'm like, I don't even know any of those dudes. There's four random guys and they're calling themselves. Audio adrenaline. So uh, that's a wow. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, we can't uh, even get. It's called Big House to Ocean Floor, and it's like oh. the single. So it's like Big House, get down, hands and feet. We're a band, underdog, never gonna be as big as Jesus. Leaving ninety nine, King, clap your hands, mighty good leader, Pierce, Chevette, which is a great song. Oh, some yeah. kind of zombie, awesome song. Beautiful. That's great. Man of God and Ocean Floor, and I was like, I was listening to these songs, thinking about the time frame they come out. I was like this was a great band and yeah. the production value on these records were great. And so I was like, Oh, I remember jars of clay. Um, I think one of my favorite jars of clay records, um, I was listening to that today too, uh, was good monsters. That's the one with work. That's a good one. Man. I was like another, it was like, that's a phenomenal band. Yep. Like we DC talks, Jesus freak album. Phenomenal record. I'm like that should have been the, the, standard of this is going to be Christian music. You have to be this good. Instead <laughs> yeah. you get mediocre crap 
and call it Christian. I'm like, no wonder nobody wants to be a, you know, a believer. Yeah. You got j- junky, cheesy yeah, music. Cheese, cheese fest. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. People, I could tell people were getting in, sucked into the, well, I got to have the Jesus per minute thing. So I got to say Jesus all the time. I mean, we were guilty of that, especially oh, yeah, that yeah. first record. <laughs> Because well, we just yeah. oh, we didn't know any better. Yeah. We just felt like we had to say Jesus all the time or whatever, or yeah. no one was going to take us serious. I yeah. was like, but then you grow up and you you're like, yeah, I'm just an artist. God gave me there, this creativity. I'm going to make good music. There there was a shift after the self titled record. Yes, uh, for us it, that you know went more of that way. Yeah. Anyways, again, could go for another two hours on this, but <laughs> I digress. Um, yes. Let's go on to, um, let's save the Summer Fade song meanings to the end. Let's do top five musical influences. Do you want to go? Sure. Yeah. I got to think about mine. <laughs> I, I, I'll have to th- like think about it slash pull my way through mine. Hey, that's fine. That's probably what I love to do. Uh, so so when, I, when I think of musical influences, I'm not necessarily thinking about drums. I'm not necessarily mm. thinking about, you know, any. I'm just thinking of like, what made me, you know, a musical influence should make you say, I want to do that, yeah. you know? And so when, when I think of musical influences, I think of the first artist that uh, I listened to that really impacted me was uh, growing up with Keith Whitley, mm. which is a, a country artist. Mm-hmm. Country's my favorite, uh, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know. Yes, yeah, he's a good old in a boy. rock band, but I'm a good old boy. And good country, old boy. You know, see, even my chair's camo, you know, well, you can't see it. <laughs> I get confused because anyway, yeah, anyway, it's, it's a, it's, yeah, it's backwards. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Keith Whitley, I remember uh, my dad and I would li- listen, we had this big old stereo, you know, remember when those were cool, mm-hmm. like those big old stereos and they had the graphic EQ on them. Yeah, and, man. And, and the it, speakers were yeah. like as tall as you. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so we would just sit and listen to records, actual records or mm. cassettes, you know, and, and that was one of them. And, and it, like just, even even when I was little, like his music just impacted me, you yeah, know, in, in some way. So, so he's probably definitely got to be a number one for me. Um, uh, I d- I don't really know of uh, man. That's just so hard. It's tough. It really is, you know. Because um, you start thinking about like the the stuff you liked, the stuff you were yeah. listening to that was like in the time frame that we're writing and like yeah. that influenced you. And yeah. so it's hard w- to kind of narrow down just your top five in that regard. I would, I would have to throw tonic in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, like, especially like when you and I are writing and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think about, you know, cause Emerson has a great writing uh, style. Uh, you know, this the way he says stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and just in general, how that band, uh, uh, tracks and albums sounds good. Uh, oh man, I, I don't know. Uh, that's two. Yeah, you got two three more. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I'm looking around to see if there's anything. I know. I was like looking at know, my Spotify playlist. Uh, and... uh, yeah, it's tough. It is tough. So I'll go and then maybe it, it yeah, might, yeah, it I'll be inspired. yeah. Uh, I would have to say the, f- the very first, so my, I grew up around music, so I don't, a lot of people don't know. My dad, um, is a drummer. And when I first started playing music, I actually started on drums. Um, wasn't very good. Um, I didn't get, I didn't get my dad's drum talent. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I probably would have if I would have kept it up, I guess. You know, probably, I was just yeah. starting. I was trying to start when I was like 11 or 12. Um, and uh, so I grew up around music. But it wasn't until um, like 15-ish. I mean, I was playing. I mean, I was into grunge stuff like, like everybody mm-hmm. else was in my age in the 90s. And, um, but Bush, 16 Stone Record, was probably the first like album that I was like, man, I want to, I want to be in a band. I want to be in a real band. Like, I want to do this. This, this is awesome. Like I went and saw them, um, on their second record, the Razorblade Suitcase Tour. And it was at, um, what's it called now? It's like a movie studio downtown. It's Prairie Surf Studios. Used to be the Myriad. Myriad, and then yeah. it was like the Cox Convention Center, and now it's like mm-hmm. a uh, movie studio. So that mm-hmm. uh, what was that Sylvester Stallone show, uh, Tulsa Kings. A lot of the indoor shots was shot in that arena. It's weird because yeah, it's now it's a soundstage. It's it's not an arena anymore. It's still set up as an arena, so they can use it if they ever do like a concert scene or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I went and saw Bush and Baruch Gasol open for them. Oh yeah, dude, old blew, school blew my. I was like. This is the I want to be in a rock, but like a real rock <laughs> band. I want to do this, and uh, was awesome. So that one, Bush Sixteen Stone for sure. Um, I'd have to throw in Van Halen. I know this is weird, but because <laughs> I, I, my dad is like I remember growing up, and when I would stay with him, my parents got divorced when I was pretty young. Uh, when I would stay with my dad, he had to get up early and and go to work, and so I would be going with him. And so I would I would get woken up to um, Van Halen's uh, either right now that piano right now hey now I was like this is great or a song called Pound Cake which is a terrible ter- the lyrics are terrible Sorry. it's that yeah and it's and that's what it's about I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure yeah I, I tried to listen to it the other day I was like this song's not so good why are you letting me listen to this Dad uh, um, but the the intro part is he's got like a drill on his guitar so it's like vroom, vroom, and then it starts oh, wow. like this really cool that's cool but so I would say probably Van Halen because I just grew up listening to Van Halen with my dad yeah. and so anytime I hear both of those songs, I just I can instantly be brought back to being a kid, and yeah. listen. So I just, but I'm I was a Van Halen when it was Sammy Hagar. I didn't like David Lee Roth Van Van Halen. So I'm a Van Hagar fan. There, what there's was. a bunch of like camps of you know one, know, one, one hates the other, the other one. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> I don't hate the David Lee Roth songs. I'm just I'm like I think the Sammy Hagar stuff's way better. Yeah, and it's wild because he can still sing. Just like that, Sammy Hagar can. David Lee Roth, on the other hand, boof, boof. No. he's he doesn't got it anymore. <laughs> no. Um. So I would say those two, um, and then probably Tonic, um, just because again, like, man, because. think of all the hits that they've had. Like, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, you could only see. Open up your eyes. Um, what was off the second record? Well, that was just the first one. I still liked um, Sugar. Yeah, sugar. Um, Knock mean, down walls. Mean to me. Mean to uh, me. What was the one of my uh, favorite lines in that song too? But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What was the you wanted more? That yeah, was another. That hit. was a second record. Yeah, I'm like, God, like seriously, like so yeah. good. And and it's so sad to me that his solo record, like his first and second one, mm-hmm. are great oh, records. Yeah. But you, but you, I wouldn't have known about them if I wasn't searching for what he was doing now yeah you know what i'm saying like they're not on the radio that mm-hmm. i know of 
Not that uh, I know of. You know, and, and it's just sad because it's just great songwriting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he uh, he just, I don't know, he just has a way of writing. Like, I love uh, Soldier's Daughter off the first record. Oh, yeah. Um, Lemon Parade. Um because that first record's called Lemon Parade, but that so that song Lemon Parade was really good. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's on his solo record, the second one. What is it? Uh, I'm home. Second some one is homes in our hallway. He's talking about um pictures on the wall, like I've I've hung some memories in our hallway. Oh, oh yeah. Um, that song. So when I so. I actually got to go out to Nashville and open up for him. Um, I just did a solo acoustic thing and he was like working that song out. And so he like sound checked with it and then he went ahead and played it live. And I was like, that's, that's, that's a song that I'm like, when I heard it, I was like, I wish I wrote that song. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. one of those songs. We he all have a, a list of that. Yeah. He has a, a bunch of his songs. I'm like, I wish I wrote those songs. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Emer I would just say tonic or anything that Emerson Hart has done. Yeah. Um, I would used to say early piece, but yeah, I mean, it just kind of changed because once the drummer left, well, once the the guitar player left, and then Jeremy left, it's like. Well, wouldn't they still be on there technically? I don't know. You know, because it, it formed you to to how you how you right now yeah probably I guess. yeah you know i mean because that that clumsy record record is still oh yeah pretty good yeah yeah so i guess early piece would still be on there I, just i enjoyed I would, them oh, go ahead i would stop after spiritual machines to me see i stop after burn burn i loved yeah, burn, burn i didn't like it i didn't yeah, see i when it became like super like like i wasn't a huge fan of um What's the one that they did with Bob Rock? Uh, oh, uh, the Gravity um, one. Yeah, because it has. Wasn't somewhere it called out, Gravity? Yeah, because it has yeah, it somewhere out Gravity. there on there, which was a single, and then yeah. um, Innocent, um, mm -hmm. which David Cook did on American Idol, which was cool for them. That was really cool that they got some exposure because um, they're they're a huge band, but they're not like that was weird. Mm -hmm. Like they're huge in Canada, that's where they're from, but like here it was like hardly anybody, at yeah. least down here, had heard of them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would say I guess early piece would still be on there. I am gonna go see them and Bush next month, so I guess <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'll, let, the, I'll come back and let you know how that goes. Yeah. Um, if they get political, I'm out. I told Courtney that I was like, man, it's gonna be real tough because I don't want to. I like one. Of, I think so. Another band I would say. So what am I on? Is that three or four? That was That's four. Four. So I could do four, five. Uh, probably Snow Patrol would be the next one. Yeah. Um, I started getting into them later, but as of right now, Snow Patrol is probably my favorite band like ever. Yeah. Um, I've seen them a, a couple of times now and phenomenal show. Um, I got into them on the, it was, I don't even know, like their first big major label record, which had um, uh, Run. And then there was a song that was on a movie soundtrack. It doesn't have a chorus. It's just a. It's just like three verses, and it's the song's over. It's kind of weird. That um, is weird. It's that but... it starts with a, a backwards snare, like a reverse, like. Oh yeah. Ding, ding, ding. It 
say, this could be the very man. Oh, oh, so yeah, it's just yeah, those, yeah. it's just verse, verse, verse. That's it. There's no hook. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I kind of got into them on that, that record. Um, and then since then I've just, any, I think it put out farts on a snare drum and I'd probably buy it <laughs> and go see them live. But that was going to say, um, that led me into the whole, it, don't get political or I'm going to leave your show. Um, I went, I saw them once at Kane's Ballroom um, up in Tulsa. They were on the um, the tour of the second major label record, which had Chasing Cars on it, which is the song that blew up for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good show because it had um, Silver Sun Pickups and OK Go and then Snow Patrol. Great show. And then I saw them, me and Courtney went and saw them in Maine when we were living up in New Hampshire. And this was, so Maine, I don't know, Portland, Maine is like just politically is just like Portland, Oregon. Um, and so, you know, I was expecting him to say something or anything about it, but man, it was awesome. It was just two hours of just let us be here to be entertained and like, just, just forget about the outside world and just, they're going to play all these great songs and we're just all going to sing together. And it was interesting because he never mentioned anything. There was no political agenda there. There was nothing going on. And um, good for them because they're they're from Ireland. I mean, I hate when bands come from other countries and start talking about U.S. politics. I'm like, you don't even no. live here. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, and so, but what I saw is like I'm a, as a worship leader, I'm watching people like I it, because here's a group of people who are probably a hodgepodge of people. I mean, I can't. I was like, there's no way I'm the only believer in this this room right now but everyone's singing along everyone's dancing everyone's got their hands up everyone's clapping and then even like to my left there was an older couple and by that i mean they were probably late 60s and they were they stood the entire time and danced and sang along the entire time and i was like i was like man what if church was like this like every sunday if you had every single person with the common theme of we're going to come here and be joyous. And so I was just kind of taking it in and I was just like, man, it just blew me away. Cause they never said I was tired. Like my feet started hurting, but they were, they stood up the whole time and just like, just was like grooving to the music. I'm sure they're old hippies. It was awesome. Um, but I was just like, yeah. And there was no political agenda there. It was just like, let's get lost in the music for two hours and, and be unified. And that's what it was, man. It was like, we were there to see a band and we, it didn't matter our backgrounds, didn't matter yeah. our political affiliations or anything. We were there to have a good time, sing along with one of our favorite bands, and that's what it was. And I was like, that's how every show should be. I hate yeah, going to a show that's like all of a sudden political. Because I, I told Courtney, I was like, I know we're going to be driving three hours to go see them. And I was like, one political thing, I'm out. Because <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Um, I'm there to be entertained. And so... Um, it's different if you kind of use like, you know, this kind of a platform, like a podcasting. Cause now, I mean, you can, I think Irish Peace has a, uh, what they call it discord or something, um, where you pay a monthly thing. And I'm like, sure. Oh, yeah. If somebody's paying to hear you talk, talk about whatever you want. Cause I'm yeah. not going to listen, but when I'm there, when I want to see you live, I want to hear you play your songs and that's it. I don't, exactly. I don't you know, there's and a so, time and a place for it. Yeah. And so it kind of goes for me, it kind of, that's why I always struggled with us live about sharing too much or saying stuff. I know that most of our shows were at churches so that you kind of understood, Hey, I'm here to see a band that may share their testimony. But when we played in bars or clubs, I didn't really talk that much. It was more like, Hey, we're just, you know, we love Jesus. We're, we're rock band. 
If you have questions, come talk to us. <laughs> you know, it, it was less pressure in a lot of ways. Yeah, but that's well, a whole other, uh, yeah. whole other discussion. But yeah, but yeah. So those are my five. I probably have. I could probably go on a little bit more. But <laughs> did you think uh, of any more? I Because I, I, I even thought coming. about like country artists. I I still like. I mean, I grew up listening yeah. to Garth Brooks and Vince Gill yeah. and Reba and all the good, all the I would say greats of oh, country. Yeah. Um, but. I don't think they really influenced. It's just something I like to listen to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so another one for me would be uh, Michael Jackson. Mm, you know, yes. I, I, you know. I mean, just like how could you not be inspired yeah. by Michael Jackson? You know, I, and you know, I remember like this is embarrassing for me, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it, and I don't care. But when I was little, I used to uh, like my my grandma and grandpa would buy me penny loafers. So, so that I would could act, and I had gloves, and I would dance in front of the mirror and stuff. I mean, Please tell you know, me you so have home videos of that. Somewhere. My mom probably does. I, I, I assume she does. Oh, uh, please don't ever bring them out, mom, if you're listening to this. Yes, please uh, do. It, I want to see yeah. it. <laughs> so, so you know, he definitely inspired me. Not, not necessarily, you know, because I don't, I haven't done anything that sounded like that yeah. or anything. But just the fact that you know, I want to do that. You know, uh, did you in some way? Did you watch his um, his very last thing? Like he was preparing for that tour. Oh yeah, and it was this kind of the behind it. the yeah. scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, where he's trying to get them to do a certain bass line. Oh yeah, and they don't play it right. No, and he stops yeah. them immediately. He's like, "No, it's this," and he can. I was like, "That yeah. guy, yeah. is legit." It, <laughs> like, that can... and like, can you imagine being? I mean, because first of all, he on that tour, he has like the best drummer. Yeah. You know, the best keyboard, the best of everybody. Mm-hmm. And he has the balls. To, can I say balls? Yeah, sure. Anyway, it, it, I said balls. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, Tommy's a little rough around the edges, folks. That's uh, anyway, so, so he has the balls to tell the people, you're not playing that right. Yeah, can you exactly. imagine that? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that. I, and then there's another scene in that movie where he's telling them, he said, uh, that's not how it's played on the record play yeah. it how it is on the record. Yeah. Was, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, um, so, so anyway, Michael Jackson's another one. Uh, the next one is, uh, Cademan's call for me, mm, you know, you know, because I, they've inspired me a lot, like in, uh, songwriting, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I write songs, uh, outside of what we do and everything. And, um, and anyway, just, just, the, you know, again, not that I've written anything like that or anything, but it's just inspired me musically, you know? Yeah. So that's, a, is that four? That's, that's four. four. Yeah. So I've got one more. Um, hmm. I don't know. Man, I don't, it's just I trying so to even. Hard. I was just even trying to think what you used to listen to in the van all the time, too. I listened to a lot of Cademans yeah. back then. Yeah. I, I don't listen to anything but country now, besides uh, some rock here. Yeah. There, you know. um, man, uh, I don't know. And I'm looking around, and yeah. I don't know why I'm looking around, because the only posters I have are us. Uh, <laughs> So, You're influenced by us. It's fine. I I'm in, influenced uh, by Daniel. Okay. No, no, that's just who I was looking at. You know? <laughs> I'd be influenced by Daniel back then, maybe, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, which is a whole other story, also. Yeah. But 
Uh, man, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, eh, it's fine. You got four. Yeah, I'll say four, go. man. I yeah. just can't think of anything else. That, uh, I'm sure after tonight, I'm gonna be like, yeah. no, I forgot. You know, but but I got the main ones in there at least. So you did. Um, yeah, that's good. I think I want to hang on and not do the song meanings because we're we're at we're. Yeah, getting we're getting long. yeah, pretty. We got yeah. sidetracked, so we'll do an, another one, and we'll kind of we can do song meaning. We don't. We can do more than just summer fade, and kind of talk about. We can even talk about influences of why they wrote those types of songs and that kind of stuff too. Um, yeah, we we'll get. I can get personal. We'll talk about because summer fade was uh, a tipping point of as me as a songwriter really struggling with which, with relationships that I was in at the time. Which, which by the way, just as a little spoiler alert. Alert! Uh, <laughs> I said that like Medea. Mm-hmm. Alert! Hello. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> um, Summer Fade has one of my favorite RA songs. On oh, it. really? Yeah. I don't Suddenly, know maybe. One. Oh. Yeah. It's a good song. Suddenly, maybe is my favorite. Uh, just I, I just I, I feel like it's like. A timeless song, sort of like, mm. like it could come out right now on whatever is a big show because I don't even know. Yeah, uh, I live in a hole. It's <laughs> like whatever the big show is now, it yeah. could be the song for it, and you would think it was just written today. Yeah, but my also favorite rocking song is on that as well, which is the title cut. Mm. Summer. Mm-hmm. I just love mm. the. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and I ripped the drum beat off of uh, my dog's part of it. Anyway, let's save our story. 